Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Peter Pan. Good Lord. Hey, James. <laughs> uh, hey, it, out of... It, all right, let me lean in a little bit here. Get, oh, out of anyone you guys know, uh-huh. you have to admit that I have Peter Pan syndrome more than anyone. Yes, for sure. All right. So So this time... Okay, whatever. All right, you know what Fine. I mean? We'll just refer to him as Pete for the rest of the episode. No, Peter. Peter. That's not much better. Oh, there you are, Peter. Professor Pan. <laughs> and Ashley is wrong that the Peter Pan attraction at Disneyland is not the best dark ride, and she thinks it's overrated. And I can see Sarah giving me a look, and that's telling me that she also thinks it's overrated, but I don't quite remember. Go ahead and talk. I think it's overrated. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I love it. It's still, but it's, it's not still a one that 40, flies. It's not a 40 minute wait. No. It's, well, a, it's a 20 minute wait. Good. I think it's a 10 minute wait. I would agree with the wait time is insane. Yeah. But out of all the dark rides, take the wait time out of it. What is the best dark ride in Fantasyland? Uh, I like Mr. Toad. Yeah, I like so Mr. Toad. Oh, I like. I also like Alice. More than yeah. Peter Pan? Maybe. Here we go. And you're flying and you're I, over a little it's London. It's just you, dude. It's cute. Oh, it's, it's very so cute. Good. It's very, very quick. And actually, with all the updates, it's a little too bubbly for me. It doesn't look like the old dark rides. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. I it's would beautiful. Agree. And I think they did better. a good job. But it's also not I as think nostalgic. I have a thing with it. Like, it, it reminds me of being a kid more than any of the other ones. Yeah. I think is why I like it. I also it. really, really hate the queue. I just don't yeah. understand why it has to be so cattle-like. I don't get it. Yeah. It's it terrible. makes me really anxious. Maybe because it was yes. built in 1955. I get it. So uh, it's, yeah. yeah. But can we, come on. Let's, I know. Let's do this. Let's do something. Did you guys hear, uh, while we're doing this little intro part, did you guys hear about the updates to Jungle Cruise? Yes. Looks so good. It I, looks great. I'm on board for it, man. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It the, the fact that there are people out there angry about it, I'm like, well, Disney Pull fans your head out. don't Come want on. anything to change ever. I know, but let's just yeah. get over ourselves. The choice of the updates no. are so good. And it's not like yeah. someone knowing woke PC culture update no. at, at all. Like, it's very normal. It's very funny, too, which that attraction has always been a funny attraction. Yes. And, and I like that it includes the cast members. It's like they're exactly. part of the thing. Right. I also like that it's it's very much not maybe, renovated for the new movie with The Rock. Maybe yes. you should actually say what the change is because not everybody is living our life <laughs> yeah well i just assume the audience probably knows um so yeah they are they're doing a, a overhaul like a update what do they call it there's a disney word for it yeah for uh, update they call it something an imagineer an imagineer date it's like magic magic <sighs> what do they call I'm gonna look it, it up gosh ah. Audience, you're probably screaming right now. Ray Bradbury. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of which, that's so funny. I got two texts from people um, saying that they were listening to the episode where James was talking about that um, the movie where the kids live in the rain and they only get to see sun once every seventy years, and the little girl misses it or something. I don't. I still don't really know what it is. Yeah. I know I've seen it because my friend Kara actually texted me to tell me that she was triggered by this story I read, and that it is it last episode? Ray Bradbury. Yeah, okay. I have no idea when it happened. I've lost track of everything. Well, any before we go too uh, too far off. So the Jungle Cruise update, the part where they're climbing up the that pole, they changed who it is. Like it was what the like the local native Yeah, which was guy. It was really a little, pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. It's kind of icky, yeah. outdated it for sure. It makes you a little 
gives you a little tummy ache. <laughs> so now it's like a nice mixture of folks, a little bit more realistic. And it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like you on the boat. Like something goes wrong with one of these boats. So it's fun. It's like, what if that happened to you? And then that one of the next images they show is the monkeys take, or the chimps rather take over one of the boats, which is super cute. They're having a party. Yeah. And if you look closely, a lot of the stuff that the monkeys are playing with is the same items that the people on the pole have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you it's know. It's cute. And it's, it's not. Time. It doesn't change the the actual ride at all. No. It just gives you something new to look at. Totally. So it's all good, I support man. that 100%. But no. back to Bray Bradbury real quick. I just wanted to point out that I was right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I also got a text from Mike, my neighbor and friend, who said that he was listening and it is indeed Ray Bradbury. He's actually a sixth grade teacher. So he's taught that, uh, I guess, that book. Yeah. It's like a short story. But then they did a movie. That's what we we saw in class. And I have a vague possible memory. I'm not sure if I'm remembering that or if I'm remembering something I would just like to say I'm remembering, but... It's like it's, a fever dream. Yeah. It feels like something I may have seen or read, but I don't know. Anywho. Well, either way, I guess Ashley was right. That's all that matters to Ash. Yep. just in. It's 44 and rain at not Disneyland. And it's 61 degrees Fahrenheit at Disneyland. And cloudy. And cloudy. <laughs> All right, so on today's episode, we will be discussing and breaking down the Main Street windows. Uh, This was based off a book that Ashley kind of dug into and and studied a bit by Jeff Heim. How would you pronounce it, Ash? Heimbuck? Heimbuck? Sure. (laughs) It's called Main Street windows. (laughs) Um, Actually... My dad and Sarah's dad yes, recommended this book and topic of the show. I think it's something, a part of the park that is often, like we all know about it because it's so obvious that there's these individual windows that are, you know, designed individually. Um, but very few people know all of the history behind why that is. Well, and they, they're like those things that you walk past and it wouldn't be the same without them, but they're not a big part of the park. It's just like little gems hidden in the buildings yeah um and you might notice one or two but you're not like walking through looking at all of the windows trying to read everything exactly you'll every once in a while you'll catch one and be like oh that's kind of funny totally it's the little details that disney does that makes it so different than other theme parks yeah and yes. it's really cool because all the windows are dedicated to people who have had some impact for Disney over the years. Right. Most of them are. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so one of the, the parts in the introduction says, nowadays getting a window on Main Street is a high honor, but it wasn't always that way. The tradition dates back to before Disneyland's opening day. Many of the shops along Main Street were lesses? Lessies. Lessies. <laughs> we covered this word. I had never heard of this word in my life. Apparently that's what you're called if you lease a place. Goes <laughs> and, on to say, and you are a multiple... <laughs> Yeah. Goes on to say merchants who were renting out store uh, out store space in order to sell their wares. And it goes on from there. So apparently this was something that started before the park. Yeah, I actually open. have a little bit of a an intro that I got from uh, PixieDustFan.com. They cover the windows on Main Street in a really cool way. 
Uh, so it says, when Walt first imagined Disneyland almost 70 years ago, he wanted Main Street to resemble the commercial hub in a turn-of-the-century American town. Harper Goff was one of the early Imagineers who played a key role in designing that magnificent park entrance at Disneyland. He reflects Walt's memories from his younger years in Marceline, Missouri, and Harper Goff's recollections from his formative years in Fort Collins, Colorado. Walt Disney said, I should try a Walt Disney voice. (laughs) For those of us who remember the carefree time it recreates, Main Street will bring back happy memories. For younger visitors, it is an adventure in turning back the calendar to the days of their grandfather's youth. (laughs) Well done. Thanks. This land is your land. (laughs) To all who come to this happy place, welcome. welcome. (laughs) Um, And uh, from the Wikipedia page about the Main Street windows, um, it says here, according to Marty Sklar, to add a name on a window today, there are three requirements. One... Only on retirement. Two, Mm -hmm. only the highest level of service, respect, and achievement. Three, an agreement between top individual park management and Walt Disney Imagineering, which creates the design and copy concepts. So you got to kind of be a big deal now to get your name put on a window. And you have to be retired. (laughs) I can't wait to see the Philander Butler memorial window in... Oh. What, like 50 years when he retires? Sorry, Philander, you have to keep working for 50 more years. 50 more. Yeah. And the Disney dependent window. It'll be the first window that's not dedicated to one person. Oh. They're going to dedicate it to the podcast. Sure. Because of all our impact for Disney. Sure. Look, we've done a lot for the park, we've done a lot for the brand. This is one of the rare windows that does not have a tribute of any kind, which is kind of why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it the is audience. the fine Chinese restaurant or fine Chinese food restaurant. It is for atmosphere only and doesn't pay tribute to anyone. I just love it because it's not at ground level. You see it above and you're like, it's just, it adds to the yes. feel of it's being that it's a real a town. living working town. Totally. Well, I'll jump on that. One of the ones I picked out was Sam the Taylor, and the same thing. It's this really cute design and it has, you know, um, uh, cute little blue scissors. And it says the window is for atmosphere only and does not pay tribute to anyone. That's How cute. funny. Very cute. Um, so my favorite one is for Seb Mori. It's uh, Sebastian Moreno, whose nickname is Seb Mori. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Who began working for Disney in 1955 and was a decorator and supervisor for 38 years. And the window says Seb Mori taxidermist. Oh. <laughs> he was never a taxidermist. Right. You just got the window. The window originally read Bob Maddie taxidermist before the name and location of the window changed. Um, Bob Maddie created many of the special effects for Disney films, including 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Mary Poppins. He designed the movements of the animals on the Jungle Cruise, which meant the title of taxidermist made more sense for his window. That's oh, cool. really cool. I don't know why they changed it from Bob Maddie to Seb Mori without just giving Seb his own window. Right. But I think it's funny that they just left taxidermist and gave it to this other guy that had nothing to do with animals. How funny. Yeah, it seems that most of the windows, like the the fake profession that the window is mm-hmm. supposed to be for, does have something to do with the person. Yeah, something but to do with their hobby, maybe something that they contributed uh-huh. to the park. Or... Inside joke, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But like taxidermist for this guy, poor Seb. <laughs> so <laughs> the next one I chose, the prob- you know, arguably one of the 
the most prominent windows is the Elias Disney contractor. Yeah. Established 1895. And so that's obviously Elias Disney, who was the father of Walt and Roy Disney. Um, though born in Canada, he moved his family to wherever he could find carpentry work. So that makes sense to be a contractor. While in Chicago, he opened a contracting business in 1895. His wife, Flora, designed houses and, and he built them. He was a hard worker, and Walt attributed his hardworking attitude as um, attitude as coming from his father. I wonder if Flora has anything to do with Bl- Flora and Vanna Merriweather. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm choosing to believe. By yes. the way, I read that from a screen cap on my phone, a picture of a picture. So right. <laughs> I had to zoom in as I was reading. <laughs> We're all sharing one book. Uh, I think probably my favorite um, aesthetically. There's two signs. There's a window and then there's a sign, like a, one of those like old-timey like, drop-down signs um, for oh, the yeah. Palm Parlor. Of course, that would be yours. Yes. It's, it's just so classic. Oh, it's great. Where is that off Main Street? So I actually, yesterday, I was on Google Maps cruising up and down Disneyland, ah! as you do when you're crazy and can bored. Can you see that detailed in the windows? Yeah, you can. Ooh. Zoom in. And let me just show you guys, and we'll post this to our Instagram. That. I have a, a snap. I did a screenshot of the um, that window. You can't actually see the window, but you can see a guy standing in front of the window with his arms up like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it cracked me up so much. Is he just like bombing, photo bombing? Oh, yeah, exactly. So he was just so excited. Um, here, I'll show it to you guys and you can react. Oh, I've definitely seen that before. Yeah. And he's wearing a Ramones shirt, which looks a lot like our oh, Disney dependent. That's thing. the, um, every time Bricky does one of his virtual Disneyland walkthroughs uh-huh. and he does it on Google Maps. Yeah. It's the, the Ramones dad. You Ramones, Ramones dad. dad. He's a oh, guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then there's another guy cruising up and down the street with his little girl and he's also really excited. Yes. So maybe we'll post both. There's a pictures. few that are in or the Google we'll Maps. Or we'll forget to do both and you can write in to tell us how we failed you. Nice. Cookie monster Cookie kid. Cookie monster kid. Uh-huh. Who pops up everywhere in the park. He is all over that. He's a legend. Funny. <laughs> is he just wearing like a Cookie Monster shirt or something? It's a, he's a Cookie it's Monster a hat. hat. Okay. <laughs> and he's just in all of them. Everywhere you go. And all the faces are blurred out. So it's just like Cookie Monster just like <laughs> crazy face everywhere. Yeah. Ramon's dad. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah totally. Uh, but as for the actual window and sign, um, it's Fargo's Palm Parlor. Predictions that will haunt you. Bizarre, whimsical, and weird designs to die for roland f crump so it's for uh raleigh crump raleigh yeah not raleigh raleigh Raleigh. it's gotta be raleigh Raleigh, it just sounds weird after roland raleigh it does sound weird okay Eh, old timey names tripping out (laughs) uh roland f crump assistant to the palm reader i'm also just kind of a a wacky spiritualist weirdo new agey lady so i'm also really um attracted to that design Mm -hmm. yes well and yeah so it's it's the one of the porches yes that you walk up and down and people fight for for the parades it's like you'll see somebody sitting there for like four hours you know i've never i've never gotten a a bench on one of those porches not once never i've walked past a thousand because we don't do that no we're i'm not i'm not gonna wait for hours for a bench no it's Um, beautiful yeah it's so beautiful um let's see exactly it's kind of what i love about that harbor 
uh-huh. area. There's, you actually can get some bench space. Yeah, yeah. It's typically open. Okay, there is an interesting thing here. I'm just going to read it. So, Roland Raleigh Fargo Crump Jr. So, there's the Fargo. That's a lot of name. Can yeah. I just say? Simply too many names. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> one of them's a junior and one of them is his nickname. Yeah. So, it's not his fault. Uh, joined the animation department in 1952 and worked on such classic films as James's Peter Pan, mm. Lady and the Tramp, and 101 Dalmatians. He moved to Wed Enterprises in 1959 and worked on attractions such as the Haunted Mansion, yeah boy, Walt Disney's yeah boy. Enchanted Tiki Room, heck yes, and It's a Small World, yeah. Oh, Rally, your... my man. Yeah. Rally. Let's go. Uh, though he left WED in 1970, he continued to come back over the years to work on projects for the Magic Kingdom and Epcot, which we are about to check out. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. We will be home by the time this is out. That's so sad. James, uh, get sad now. God, I'm already. I already feel bad for myself. Okay, oh, back to it. Morning, morning, the loss of it. <laughs> Raleigh's window pays tribute to many of his works, including the Adventureland Bazaar. No wonder I like it. And the never-built Museum of the Weird. I'm just now learning that this is a thing in real time. (laughs) And I'm so upset that this is not something I can go to. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I have to regroup. Museum of the Weird? Yeah. Never built. Never built. (sighs) Okay. Man. Regrouping, regrouping. God. He is assistant to the palm reader because he used to bring people to John Hench to have their palms read. Mm. That's kind of cute. No, I think that's my favorite design. Uh, top top three favorite it's design. It's gorgeous. Windows. It's yeah. like um, burgundy with yellow outlining, lots of teal, purple. It's very, um, yeah, like turn of the century spiritualist totally and and the drop down dangly sign thing is so cool uh-huh. yeah the drop down dangly sign thing <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, know. Know. you know the technical term the or thing is you all know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah lessies all right lessies uh, <laughs> jalapeno i would like to talk about the oriental tattooing by professor harper goff and banjo lessons you son of a garsh yeah. That's a great one. Harper Goff. Uh, he was originally hired to sketch concepts for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea before moving over to Wed Enterprises. Harper helped to design much of Disneyland during his time there, including as lead designer for Adventureland, where his window is located next to the bazaar. Mm. He helped shape how Main Street looked based on Marceline, Missouri, and his hometown of Fort Collins, Colorado. An avid banjo player, as his window alludes, Harper played with the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, a Dixieland jazz band that included other Disney talents. He went on to work as an artist, set designer, and producer in Hollywood for many years. Oriental tattooing refers to the fact that Harper wanted to open a tattoo parlor on Main Street, but Walt didn't think it would fit the wholesome image of Disneyland. Wow. Can you imagine? Dear God. (laughs) So that's That would be one of the most booked places in the park Yeah, and so expensive and so cool. They would have the best tattoo artists there. Speaking of tattoos yeah all three as all three of us have gotten a tattoo in the last five days yes um actually james and ash got theirs yesterday yeah so less than that and i got mine two Sun- two days ago three Sun- days ago yeah, right um, that's crazy yeah and like pretty big significant tattoos yeah. as well all of us on our arms all of them are black they are all absolutely beautiful and perfect 
They um, are. They got theirs done by someone other a different person than I got, but yeah, it was fantastic. So we're yeah. all healing. None of them are Disney related. No, this none time. of them. Not this time. Not this time. I'm the only one with an actual Disney tattoo, you losers. Yeah, well, that was right about Ray Bradbury, so. I do it. have geese on my back, but I told the tattoo artist I wanted to look a little bit like the geese from Aristocats. <gasps> okay. Because they I'll have cute it. butts. That's true. You did say that. That yeah. would work. So it's kind of Disney-ish, but not specifically. All right. The next window we would like to highlight, and this is near and dear to my heart as the the company musician in the group. Sure. <laughs> sure. Whatever. You guys can play a little bit of music, right? No. Ashley can sing. <laughs> I can't do any of it. As you probably know from the Christmas song episode, <laughs> if you can hear me singing at all, you know she shouldn't do that. By the way, Sarah was so worried that, because we were worried that the music was going to get like... Pulled from licensing. Pull, yeah, pulled from licensing. Oh, can you imagine? Hey. By the way, for all we know, it has. Oh, God, shut up. If it hasn't... Everyone listening, go back and listen to it, it before it. we pull it. If it hasn't, by the end of 2021, let's set a goal. If we have... I mean, we, we already said 50 patrons for yeah. mm-hmm. the Santa Buddies. If we have... Let's see. Oh, I think that that's bad. We should release it. I'm saying we should release it without the music. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> 100 patrons. Can we just do like a two-minute clip? Of no. our choosing? Okay, 100 patrons by this oh, by Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas okay. of 2021. Fine. And then we can release Fine. us just talking and singing terribly about songs with no songs playing. If okay. we have 100 people who love us that much, we will release it only for patrons. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Just to Patreon. You have to pay for that gold. Yeah. So and just by to gold, be clear again, I mean we're, we're talking about an episode where we talked about our favorite Christmas songs. And we got a little tipsy, and I, I had no excuse because I'm sober. We were <laughs> singing along. Yeah, we were singing along Too to loud. almost all of it into microphones uh-huh. recorded. Yeah. Thinking that, oh, this will be masked by. At one point, I said, this is the episode where Sarah pretends she can sing. <laughs> I never uh, listened back to it because I was so afraid of hearing myself sing. That's all recorded. I have the files. Oh all I have to do God. is just. Click one button, mute track on the music track. Hey, my birthday's goes. coming up, James. <laughs> it's all of us. Hard candy Christmas. That was a little too kind. I think it was worse than that. For sure, coming from me. You guys actually both can sing and can hold a tune and all up. No, not me. Oh, so good. Why does it smell like fire in here suddenly? Are we on fire? Is anything <laughs> on fire? It smells a little smoky, yeah. Is it coming from outside? I think it's our neighbors so, that have a fire all okay. the time. Or Someone's... we've just had a super lit idea. <gasps> wow. wow. And just get the out hotness it, of this idea is it's on smoking. fire. Yep. I actually just thought maybe I was having a stroke. Because sometimes <laughs> I smell something for like one second and it's gone. I know. They always... be like, I smell burnt toast. Yep. And everyone's like, what? Uh, and then I, time. I take one more breath and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> it's gone. Definitely smelled burned toast for a second. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Back to music. Yeah. Any, anyway. So the next window we like to talk about is the two brothers tune makers, Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. The Sherman Obviously, Brothers. Obviously, uh, the Sherman Brothers. The classic. And it says, quote, we'll write your tunes for a song. Aww. Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman are better known collectively as the Sherman Brothers. They became Walt Disney Studios staff songwriters in 1960 after writing a number of hit songs for Masketeer, Enuit, Funicello? 
Funicello. Annette Funicello. Annette Funicello. Yeah, the Sherman Brothers wrote over 200 songs for Disney films and television shows, including their Academy Award winning score for Mary Poopins. <laughs> Maury Poopins, sorry. Maury Poopins. They also continue to write songs for Disney attractions, such as the classic songs It's a Small World, The Tiki 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 Room, Simply Too Many Tikis. No, it's not enough tikis. And a great He big, didn't even say all the tikis, I'd like to point out. Tomorrow. Both Shermans retired in 1973, but continued to contribute music to the Disney parks until Robert's passing in 2012. And if you haven't watched that documentary about them. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. And so good. Wait, what's it called? Um, the, is it the brothers? The brothers. Right? I think it's the Fun Brothers. The brother. Is it called the, the Brothers? Fun I brothers. Think it might be called the Brothers. The boys. The, the boys. The boys. The boys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The fun guys. The mushrooms. Yeah, I mean they. they you know what? I think that's my favorite one. Not that. Not a real. Fun it's got one. a really cool old timey piano. And don't they actually yeah. have two windows? I believe they have two windows dedicated to them. They should. You got the book. Let me see. Yeah, it's super cute. Old-timey piano. I mean, it's technically two panes, but... Okay. I thought it was two windows. All right. We'll just take that I part I thought they out. were actually in two separate All places, right. but... All right. Whatever. So that's only a few of the very, very many, and it's it covers the parks Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, uh, Disneyland Paris, and Tokyo Disney. Yep. Apparently, they don't do this in uh, Shanghai. Or they do, and it's just not in this book. We don't know. So, yeah, it's a whole book. It's many, many, many pages and yeah. so many windows. It's a really cool book. It's really, really well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a really great segment about windows. So good. <laughs> you, know, you know? I've never had more fun talking about windows before. Never would have thought. We are going to get real uh, grateful. Lovey-dovey, if you will. We got a lot of love and uh what is it gratitude yeah. in our hearts yeah lots so first up we want to wish our love to our newest member of the team dynamite goat social club mm. michelle Welcome. yay welcome michelle we jumped her in we did uh Appreciate we it. threatened her with snakes yeah um and then showed up fear of heights and she was not convinced we didn't have a snake on us i hear she yeah. didn't get a lot of the trivia right no she got every single one of them wrong cool so we still gave her her patches well, good, then she passed with flying colors because yeah. we also probably would have gotten them wrong that's the kind of club we are yeah yep. i know when disneyland opened i know do you know um, what year walt was born no oh what year <laughs> yeah well that would have been like 19 i don't know I don't know, actually. 1901. I, I was going to say 1900. It was right cute, though, because Michelle was like, okay, so <laughs> if the park opened in this year, then she went back and she was like, 1921? What? <laughs> and I was like, oh, one. And she's like, close enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was 30 when you he got opened You got three it. of the four numbers right. <laughs> All right. So it was pretty good stuff. Welcome to the club, and we'll see you in Florida. Indeed. Yeah, we will. We'll see you before Florida, because we actually have to take an airplane to get there and well, a okay. car to get to the so airport. Lame. So God, not as fun, sir. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just being a realist here. Wait, hold on just a second. Sarah, I love that hoodie. Where'd you get it? Oh, this is my new favorite hoodie. It is a Lilo and Stitch surf shop in the style of the Ron John surf shop. I got it from Flying House Threads on Etsy. 
Uh, they have an Instagram also, Flying House Threads. And if you'd like to get your very own sweatshirt, you can use our discount code. It's Dependent15 to get 15% off your purchase. All right. And for the last and most exciting part of our episode, we are going to talk now with Disneyland. Woo! Um, they are going to be joining us to chat about everything we love about Disney and more. So enjoy. Thank you for being here with us. And yeah, of course, we would probably it would be silly for us not to introduce ourselves because there are three of us and one of you and we've never met. I'm Sarah. I'm Ash. And I am indeed James. <laughs> Great. And I am Natalie Nielsen. And my pronouns are they, them. Excellent. And you are Disneyland. Yeah, I'm the creator of Disneyland, the parody Disney Parks blog. That's kind of how I like to classify it. One well, of one of the funniest accounts on Instagram. Yes. I mean, it's so brilliant. Yeah. Some of the the like deep references are so good and like just in such an original way. Ashley's been a fan of yours for a long time. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, long time in that uh We've only been doing this since June. So, yeah. but, you know, since June. Sure. <laughs> no, that that's actually, that was a good time to become a fan. That was, I had just come out of a pretty long hiatus. So you were getting me, you were getting me fresh. <laughs> My family has started saying things like Waldwood. Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that that phrase definitely that was more like the fans kind of like came up with that one. It just kind of morphed out of like whatever I was trying to kind of push. I've loved it. I love that it's more about Wald now than just about the idea of Disneyland. More about this character, this alternate reality, Walt Disney. So yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear. So that's kind of the the concept of it is that it's like an alternate reality of Disneyland and an alternate Walt Disney, where it's like this actually exists in some world where Disneyland is a real place where you go, there are attractions, and Walt Disney is the creator. <laughs> and it's so freaking genius. I love it so much. Thank you. Yeah, I know. The, the absurdity of it all is, it's, more, it's one of my favorite things about it. Just, just, it, it's the kind of humor that you don't, you don't, you don't see all the time and it's just it's kind of the something that really came out of the internet you know just like that really weird niche you know word salad thing and you know the the, the ultimate reality whole deal that's just me like liking making little worlds and stuff and you know giving story to things like this yeah and especially in the disney fandom world there tends to be a lot of people who from what I can tell, feel like they have to celebrate their love for all things Disney in one way and one way. And it's got to be family friendly and soccer mom vibe only. Uh -huh. No, we're a bunch of freakazoids that, that run it through the filter of our past and our experience. You know, we live in Portland, Oregon, and this is a strange place to say the least. It is. And which is what I love about it. Um, you know, I come from playing in bands. I run a music management company for, for my job. And so, you know, we all come from a little bit of um, uh, left of center, certainly, and an artistic background. I mean, all of us are huge music fans, film fans. 
and so that's one of the my favorite things about Disneyland and and accounts like that and people who celebrate Disney in their own authentic way and and don't have to they don't feel like they have to be completely squeaky clean. I, I agree. It, it, that, honestly, I think <laughs> I had one of my favorite things that would happen right like when I started this account like oh god like five years ago now almost it was so weird that occasionally you get a comment that would just be like i don't understand what is what is this supposed to be are you mad why are you why are there all these exclamation points i don't understand blah 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 and and like the thing that i like about what i've established with disneyland is that there are these three main like tenets it's maybe why not i would which is just kind of this like you know <laughs> questioning everything why not try something? So like when I get it, when I get a comment like that, I would just be like, why not? You know, and that's it. And I just leave it like that or whatever. I mean, I'm a little trolly, but I try to be good, good spirited. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to like, you know, <laughs> hurt anyone's feelings. I'm just like, yo, this isn't for you. What are you doing here? I know you're confused because it looks like something that you think it should be, but it's not, but it's not that. <laughs> Exactly it. It looks like something you know, but as soon as you start reading it, you're like, something is very off here. So, yeah. And for some people, it's very off in maybe a like uncomfortable way. And for us, it's like it's off in just the right way. Yeah. Oh for man. Sure. <laughs> what is your relationship with Disneyland, Disney in general? I mean, yeah. Do you, do you consider yourself a fan of Disneyland and the parks? And I mean, I. <laughs> Yes, I know we haven't we never talked before. So yes, 100%. Absolutely. I am very passionate about theme parks in a lot of ways. Disneyland being like the first one that I really like dove all the way into. Um, I'm from Seattle. So like my me visiting Disneyland was like not a common thing. We maybe maybe in my childhood, we were there, we went seven times in my whole childhood. But those seven times meant a lot. And yeah, I, I love it with all of my being. I love the art form. I love the, the storytelling. I work in theme parks. I'm actually a, a designer and a project manager for themed entertainment. So I, you know, I, I kind of, it's, it, it is all of me. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of me, maybe not all of me, but it's a lot of me. And so, you know, it's, this is, it, this is definitely, you know, the artistic side of me and you know, the absurdity in, in me and my love of theme parks and Disneyland and Walt Disney and everything that he stands stood for and stands for, you know, with everything that he said in his quotes and everything. It's just all of that in a blender. And then there it is. <laughs> in a blender. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like us. It's yeah. all of our weirdness and love for Disney in a blender. Yes. Disney dependent. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I think producer Ash, you're the first person to talk about this account. I think it was actually one of your media picks for mm -hmm. one yeah, of the episodes. Definitely. Yeah, and you you explained it in a way of like, I don't know if this is for everyone. The sense of humor is like top tier, and it took like I'll I'll admit it took me a second. Like I didn't I didn't know what I was seeing at first. It was like I don't know if this person is the like the I don't know if the goal was to be funny or to love Disney or to troll or to just maybe do what I'm doing right now, which is to ask questions, which is my favorite kind of art. 
<laughs> bands that provoke and films that provoke. Um, and it tends to make me like something more. So now, now I'm a huge fan of the account and I'm, and now I can see why you're such a big fan of Disney in your own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally, I, I get that. You know, it, it's funny. Cause like, I've always kind of had that mentality as well about art and about things. I, I I've always had, I was always drawn to things and had perspectives on things that were different, you know, and you grow up in like, a, you know, a little suburb outside of Seattle, Washington, you're not going to like find a lot of people. Like you're going to find people that are friendly, but nothing, no one liked theme parks. Like I like theme parks. No one thought about things. Like I thought about things. So, you know, it was, it, it, it's been nice over time as I've like been able to explore my artistic ability in my artistic interests and like get into theme, theme entertainment and like make more things like that. And also explore my identity being trans non-binary and that in itself kind of like revealed a lot and connected a lot of dots you know, of like, oh, I mean, you know, obviously if you have an irreverent sense of humor, it's not like you're, you're trans, but like for me, it really tied more into my identity, which I thought was interesting. The queerness of me being expressed through the art that I do and the art that I like, because God, you give me a good absurd like joke or something. I, I just, oh my God, that is when I cannot, like I laugh till I cannot make a noise, you know, it's those sorts of things. So no, I totally hear you. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's all about like blurring those lines and mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. I have a question about that. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, Disney history is a checkered past to say the least, just like America, just like really anything. Mm -hmm. Walt Disney was not a perfect man. Walt Disney had flaws just like everyone. And I think there's a lot of things within the Disney uh, history and, and Disneyland specific that certainly, <laughs> to be to say it kindly, is outdated. Uh -huh. What What are your thoughts on that, and how do you process that in finding your identity, in finding who you are? Do Do you Do you find this a challenge to be a fan of Disney and the history of Walt Disney? No, I don't. Like, I don't. I don't find a lot. I don't find it to be a challenge in terms of like coming to terms with the less than savory, you know, choices depictions of like you know indigenous peoples and you know people of just different ethnicities and different backgrounds i mean yeah it's it's really bad <laughs> even if like from the context of like back then they they were trying to be you know it as respectful as possible like with the indian village in in frontier land and stuff like that you know it's like i always try to look at those sorts of situations in context you know i don't let those things stop me from enjoying and 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 seeing the things that I like in it because of that. And I mean, I see, you know, Disneyland and themed entertainment, you know, everything from everything from that, that period of time. I mean, it's going to be problematic in some way, you know, in comparison to how we have developed, you know, socially so far up to this point. So it's like in Disneyland is such a varied art piece that to me, it's it's a thing that you can pick and choose. You know, you, it's obviously something where, you know, I'm I'm not disregarding, but like, oh, for example, uh, you know, some of the posters I make, some of the posters I do for Disneyland, you know, like it's a small world, and maybe like I think the sailing ship Columbia, you know, depicts um, people of different ethnicities and different backgrounds in like a very stereotypical way, and 
you know, I make an effort to change it. I make an effort to make it, I don't know, just a little more respectful. You know, I, I, I just because like that's Disneyland. <laughs> it's, 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 it's my, it's, it's my opportunity to make it a little more, I don't know, uh, inclusive and respectful, even if it's weird. <laughs> so, yeah. I wanted to say that I, I think that those are wise words to be able to take it in context of when it was made and what the intent was. And, you know, you're right that they were trying to show some cultural diversity. That was the way they did it in That's 1955. Right. They thought they were. Yeah. They were being super respectful, yeah. but they didn't know any better. And mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting that some of that stuff has remained in the park but also it's like part it's of history changing. but it's also changing i mean yeah the splash mountain attraction will change oh heck yeah it now will. We know. Oh, i'm so excited for that i'm so excited for that and not even from like the societal political stance on it i mean that too but that i think that attraction deserves something great yes and the idea of Frontierland extending or New Orleans Square really going in. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like more like more bayou? Like are you kidding me? Like that sounds amazing. Like you're going beyond the haunted mansion to like the woods. Oh <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> more jazz music and beignets. I'm always game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm yeah. No, I'm excited. But no, and it's true, it is changing. And it's good that it is, you know. It's it, you can always, you know, kind of be be upset that it hasn't changed sooner. But it's like, well, <laughs> we should probably just be grateful that it is changing at all, and that it's being changed with such thoughtful intentions with Jungle Cruise and everything like that, which I think are really cute and fun little alterations that you know are replacing things that <laughs> I don't know how like they've just been hiding in this jungle for so long people just forgot for some reason I don't I don't know <laughs> totally every time we're on that boat and you see that pole with you're the like, guys you're like Ugh! A little <laughs> dicey. immediately uncomfortable yeah yeah I mean also Disney they, I mean imagine being in charge of this they cannot win no you understand me nope like a big band coming out with their sophomore record just considered a loss just <laughs> we all know that this is a throwaway record there's nothing we can do because disneyland can't win there's just nothing that they can do where all of us are going to be happy <laughs> no man who has worked at disneyland multiple times throughout his life he's like original he was born in 1955 when the so, you know, I, not to like throw him under the bus and I, he would agree with me. He struggles with some of this change because it means so much to him. Mm -hmm. This was the history that he knows and he's a good guy, you know? So I think there's a lot of people out there that, that they're like, well, I love Splash Mountain. I don't want to see that go. This is something that I'm, I'm so used to, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreements with you that I think eventually the magic will be inclusive in a way that. I don't think people fully appreciate how great it will be. You know, mm -hmm. being someone going to the new Splash Mountain or uh, Tiana attraction and seeing it through their eyes, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. going to be a whole level of magic that is really getting more me more excited than the idea of keeping the history around.
totally. Definitely. Yeah. I know I I totally agree. The 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 importance of representation in all ways, I think, is is not to be uh, uh diminished. It is so important. And like I think it's it's really interesting because going back to just like this idea of like people really having a hard time with change with Disneyland. And you know, it's like there really isn't any other art form that has been made in a way that allows for this kind of change. It literally was baked into the DNA. It's in that famous quote that Walt Disney says, I'm not going to say it. We all know what it is. So it's like, it's like we as consumers of media, of art, it's like, we're not, it's like we weren't ready for those changes to have like a, a, a place that felt real and so impactful that we have all these like treasured memories attached to that we base our identities around. Like it's, it's a, it's a tough, thing to ask of audiences that we're not trained to do that we're not trained to do that movies don't change if they do it's a big fuss but they don't change like disneyland changes so you know empathy <laughs> empathy patience people you know when you know a person is good like you're saying a person is good you 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 know it's like okay they just need to be shown a little bit of a light and then i think they'll understand you know it's fine to feel upset but it's like let's think about the whole picture here but it's hard i get it it's really yeah. tough. And I, admittedly, I, I would struggle with some attraction, attractions changing. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean is like <laughs> everything for me. I mean, it's it's like our first attraction we, we go to when we go to the park. Yeah. That, it's the first one I think of when I think of Disneyland. It's the first one I think of when I think of someone asking me, what's an attraction that is a must stay for you? It, I mean, that Haunted Mansion, what? Thunder Mountain, Thunder Mountain, yeah. things, things of that nature. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a neutral attraction. I think it's okay, it's but I not. But it's there's probably so much in it. There's probably so much. Very problematic. And then I'm sure at some point that will also be addressed. And I'm yeah. gonna guy in my middle age clawing at my past, <laughs> going, "No, that's what I know. That's that means something to me." Well, and they just, yeah, they already did it when they took the redhead out. Well, they didn't take her out. They took out the... Oh, I, I you mean, know what? You're right. That they're, whole they're... scene when they were auctioning off the women. Now I'm remember- yeah. They're not auctioning off women. They're yeah. auctioning off livestock and stuff. Yeah. But Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. So to just kind of switch gears, now that James has brought up our, uh, our must-do first attraction every time, uh-huh. I have to ask you. So okay. you're a Disneyland fan, mighty freak like us. Yes. Yes. What is your must-do favorite, maybe in each park in Disneyland and California Adventure? So for me, California Adventure is all about Cars Land, all about Cars Land at sunset. I, I, I when I um when annual passes were a thing, and when we could go outside, um, I would like right when I first moved to LA like six years ago. I, I first thing I did was buy an annual pass, and so I would go down to California Adventure at around six p.m. I'd get a, a chili cone carne. I'd sit on the bench right in front of the, the bench on the side of the road, right, right in front of flows. And I'd wait for all the neon to come on. And I absolutely adore that thing. I mean, like if I'm going to California adventure, I make an effort to stay till sunset to experience that. There's just something so, and I don't like cars. Like I think we can all, you know, most of us can agree. Cars land is, is successful despite the thing it is based off of. It's like what it's like water world, right? It's just <laughs> what I'm trying to say. It was executed so effectively 
And they utilize the space and the light and just like the, the sight lines so well that you're just, you're in the middle of the desert and there's neon and it's, it's wonderful. And yeah, it only lasts like what, three minutes, but like, it's, I think one of the best things you can do in California adventure. Yeah. That's like such a good answer. And I, we all a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Love. Thank you. It felt just swooned a bit. Yeah. I, I was actually rocking myself. Like, like I was whole, I had to move. I just had to move. <laughs> I had a moment. And this is like the kachow moment or the yeah, something when the lights come on kachow. and there's like a song and, oh, uh, it's so great. It's just, oh my God. It's, it's so great. It, it's, it is, it is my must do at California Adventure. Disneyland, that's harder. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like. I'm going to make this an interesting answer uh, because I feel like, you know, Haunted Mansion and Indiana Jones and Pirates and Space Mountain, all of it's great. There's so many great things you can do at Disneyland. There's so many things you've got to do every single time. But the thing that I really like that I, I mean, I don't know, is kind of discounted, I think, in the general awareness, uh, Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes. I've never done them. Me neither. First, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use my, 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 my theme park design stuff a little bit here. So, like the intent of Disneyland, right? You're being transported to places. You're being. You're trying. You know, it's trying to effectively bring you into a space and, you know, you know, you know, really effectively lie to you that you're in a temple, in the bayou, in all these places. So the thing I really like about the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes is that you are literally doing the thing that these canoes are claiming that you claiming to you that you're doing you are actually paddling these canoes around a body of water through simulated wilderness but it is convincing wilderness especially now with like the train trestle and everything and all the rock work and i mean everything that was done when they rerouted the train for star wars land so I adore that attraction because it offers, much like Tom Sawyer's Island, it offers something that I think in modern day attraction design vernacular, that is, you, you're finding more and more with like new attractions and Disney parks. It is a literal hands-on interactive experience. And, you know, you're right there with the Mark Twain. You're right there with the, the with the sh sailing ship Columbia. You are not. There's no. You know, screens are useful, but there are no screens. Yeah, the animals are statues, and they move like very, very minutely. But you know what? Like you're in a river, in a canoe, and it's it, it's effective, and I love it. And no one else when you're when you're riding it likes to paddle. You always get the kid in front of you that just holds it in. It splashes you in the face, but. I love it. And that's a must do every single time. And if you haven't done it, as, a, as you've said, you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's I, usually not. Yeah. I feel like I need to apologize that we've never done it. I yeah. don't know why we've never done it. It's so weird that we've never done it. As sure. a, ever. No, like, I, we, I did it as a kid. I have never, ever done it. I did it as a kid. I know I had, but I, I think we have a problem. We, we have this like, <laughs> also because we live in Portland still. So, when we go to Disneyland, we're traveling there. We have a, a small amount of time, and we're just like, ah, we're, we're rabid. I that, get it. That's something to do with it. I think that has a lot to do with it. But, but I, I, that should change. We'll do it next time. Yeah. I promise. I okay. hereby swear on yeah. the, whatever swear. I'm swearing on. The that, Disneyland oath. Yes. That we 
What would, how would you say that in Disneyland <laughs> language? What the uh, like? What do you mean? <laughs> so swear that we will do the the Davy Crockett canoes. Um, how would you word um, that? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of it is just reducing it down to its bare minimum. So uh, do the thing, child. I will do the thing. <laughs> That's it. Wildwood. That's Wildwood. So Wildwood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So part of it, the language is like you cut, it's like almost speaking in prose, like Deadwood talk, <laughs> yeah. where you like cut the fat in a sentence. That's so funny. Oh, that's so good. Uh, speaking of funny, what are some of your your like influences for humor? Is it stand-up comics, movies? Where did you get this very original sense of humor? Well, thank you for saying it's original. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, my parents... First and first and foremost, they're very strange people, and they they always encouraged, like myself and my brother, to just be you know not to be you know try to be weird, just be yourself, not to not to censor yourself you know unless you're hurting someone with your words. If you're just being weird, who cares? So just as a baseline, I have to thank them <laughs> because without them, I probably wouldn't have like let my humor just kind of keep going. Um, other things. God, I, I swear, I've never thought about this, but I mean, just off the top of my head, I really like the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is, it's, I don't know if you've heard this, but it's this, um, it's an advice podcast that's hosted by uh, the, the, these three brothers. They're, they're the McElroy brothers, and they are just the weirdest. They're so weird. Like they have made me laugh in a way that I never laughed before. Like when I mentioned earlier, the laugh when you you can't catch your breath, you feel like you're dying. But it's just, and, and even if you think about it after the fact and it, you just go right back to that place and you just start un uncontrollably giggling, like them especially. I really like John Mulaney as a, as a stand-up comedian. I think he's just like super just on it. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> There's so much. There's The Simpsons. There's the guy that made Dexter's Lab. And Craig McCracken, who made Powerpuff Girls. He's actually a fan of Disneyland. I, he buys pins and stuff all the time. And I get such a thrill when I like send one out to him. All of this is just kind of, you know, combined together into just, you know, my my aesthetic. And, you know, I, I owe a lot to all of it. I owe a lot to all of these people that also, you know, didn't censor themselves pursued creativity and gave a lot to me and a lot of other people. Yeah. As a podcaster, you, you promote a podcast often in your posts. Oh yeah. You want to share the name of the podcast with people? Yeah. It's, it's called the Supreme Resort podcast. They, uh, the, the basic gist of the podcast is they basically debate which version of an attraction is better at either Disneyland or Disney World. So like Haunted Mansion or Big Thunder Mountain or, you know, take your pick, any of those. The reason I promote it is they actually reached out to me and we um, just kind of like have a, a you know, a, a friendly deal going where like I promote them and then they use my posters on their podcast banners. So just kind of a cross promotional thing. And they, they're great guys. I actually did their podcast um, a couple weeks ago where we did, where I was the judge of the debate of which Main Street was better uh, at Magic Kingdom or at um, Disneyland. And 
you know, it was, it was a long, it was a long debate and it was, it was good and it was interesting. And I, 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 you know, I recommend it to anyone who likes Disneyland. I mean, if you like hearing about Disney nerds talk about Disneyland and Disney and Magic Kingdom, it's like, it's, there it is. (laughs) It's all there for you. It's a great time. They're great. They're great people. Yeah. I actually listened to most of that episode and I would agree that they are funny. They have really good chemistry and, uh, yeah, I, I loved listening to your views on stuff, and it was it was great. Thank you. Yeah. As we close this thing out, is there Are you any? Sure, you're not going to land what? a Disney blimp. Or... Oh yeah, let me let me start that over. As <laughs> Pull we're... into the Disney Harbor. Yeah, as releasing <laughs> the air out of the Disney hot air balloon, and we're we're coming down ever so gently in the, the desert of Palm Springs. Um, as we're doing that. Is there any recommendations or tips you'd give these three people who are going to Florida in about a week and a half for going to Walt Disney World for the first time? First time. Um, oh, wow. We've been to Disneyland more times than I can count. And I'm, let, me, let me preface this. I am a little weird about Disneyland. I have this thing where I think Walt Disney World's kind of ran by communists. And, and it's just not, it's definitely not. I know that. I know that. But I'm weird about it, and I got a whole thing where I'm like loyal to Disneyland in a weird way. That's just because I've never been to Walt Disney World. I know that. He's actually, I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, he's afraid he's going to love it because he's going to betray his home park. I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that was a weird way to set this up. Uh, <laughs> um, would you, yeah, give us give us some tips and recommendations that we should do. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I will say... As someone who is also like, you know, my my home park is Disneyland, and I I feel very similarly, uh, at least mm, about like I so like my perspective. I, I definitely look at Walt Disney World as being a very um, efficient vacation delivery machine. That's what it is. That that is the intent of it. That's who was designing it that's was that was like that's kind of that's not you know that wasn't their goal but that's definitely the the feel that you get so it's definitely bigger it's definitely not disneyland especially magic kingdom do not do not go to magic kingdom expecting disneyland so all of those expectations all of those things out the door and my my recommendation i'll give tips about attractions but i'll give a tip about perspective <laughs> is it there is a lot to there's a lot to like about that park it is it's rougher it's huge but um there's little pockets here and there liberty square is wonderful i would argue that the the inside of the haunted haunted mansion the of the the one that's in florida is better than the one in in disneyland now mind you the exterior of disneyland is, is superior the act of actually being able to walk up to the door walk into this building that's far and away the better approach, but the ride inside is better. It, 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 you will, you will see bits and pieces expanded. You will see things that are just, you know, like they had a chance to do it again. And like that, and it, and, and it's the same people that made the first haunted mansion. I mean, it was, it was, it was within like five years of each other. So, you know, that's great. Um, Big Thunder Mountain is better. I would say Splash Mountain is even better. I mean, despite like the more racist kind of things happening, like in terms of like the execution of effects and the execution of, um, you know, the scenes and the characters and the animatronics, it's better. 
uh, do do Tom Sawyer's Island. It's not phantasmic. It is just Tom Sawyer's Island. So you actually get to experience this really great thing that's just as it probably would have been in Disneyland, you know, stuff like that. I would also say uh, if the Polynesian Resort is open, go over there. There is a Trader Sam's inside of there that is very different, but it's lovely. Uh, and also just the Polynesian Resort in general is just a wonderful little spot. <laughs> it's not little. It's a wonderful like little uh, resort to just walk, you know, wander around. It's really, really beautiful. Oh, and something that I didn't even mention, like, it, you know, again, it's huge. You know, the thing about Disneyland is that, that it's it, it's like a jewel you find in a clam, right? It's like this little, wow, wow. It's this concentrated bit of beauty. And Walt Disney World is not that. But there is something to appreciate and enjoy about like a whole area of land that has been completely Disney-fied. It is an entire inclusive, it's it's all Disney. Well, driving onto this, like uh, driving onto the resort, the, the roads look cleaner. The street signs are different. Like there's something there too. I don't know your plans, but like Epcot's great. Epcot is a little, I say like with Epcot, definitely like, just dive right into the land pavilion, do living with the land. The thing about Epcot, it is not a theme park. It is meant to be a world's fair. And that is what it does when it's, when it's doing that, it's doing the, it's doing it the best. So like, don't go there expecting Disneyland. It's not Disneyland at all. Test track is great. A lot of future world stuff is great. Really take your time in, in the uh, world showcase and, and, in you know, really soak in the, the cultures that they are managing to recreate American adventure is really great. The big show is all animatronics. It's incredible. It is, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing feat of engineering. If you like read up on it beforehand, I recommend it. It'll give you a, a greater appreciation of what they were able to do. Also, uh, I can't believe I forgot this. Spaceship Earth is an amazing and wonderful thesis statement for the entire point of Epcot, which is to you know, connect people. It's it's communication. So like, it's a wonderful omnimover through, you know, animatronic scenes. It's great. Um, Animal Kingdom, do it all. Give yourself a whole day. Do not rush through it. It is a beautiful thing. It is as good as Disneyland is. Awesome. So I'll, I, I, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I can keep, I can go, I can go on and on and on. Um, Hollywood Studios is fine. Tower of Terror is amazing. Do, do Tower of Terror. It will, if you've done the one in California Adventure, it will blow it out of the water. It is amazing. I think I could, I could go on, but I think I'll leave it that with that. <laughs> Ash is like making notes on her phone yeah. too, because when this episode comes out, we will already be back. Oh, that doesn't matter because we're probably not going to stop talking about it until the next time we get to go to a park. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, yes. James, are you converted? What do you think? Well, I, I was going to say that was by far the best, the best answer to that question. Most people are very specific, you know, like here's a tip on how to get in line. <laughs> Fast passes, get in line quick. Like, like, yeah, I, I got all that. I wanted that. I wanted like per perspective, what it makes you feel mm -hmm. i'm i'm a i'm a cancer i'm very sensitive i mean that is a big shocker to the one i'm married to um <laughs> i'm so, sandwiched between two cancers by the way yeah it's true validate me no. validate me <laughs> <laughs> do you love me do you really love me oh, God. are you sure you love me can you prove that can you slit your less wrist? and less as we're talking <laughs> She's my elder sister. That's her job. Yeah, that's right. Bully me. 
Got it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want the world to know about? Anything that they should check out? That you want to plug or anything like that? Um, uh, other than just Disneyland, you can find Disneyland on Instagram at Disneyland. That's Disneyland, but with an R instead of a Y. Uh, and Facebook.com slash Disneyland. You can find us on Tumblr. I think you can actually just type in Disneyland.com and it'll take us straight to your, to our Tumblr. Um, yeah, we do posts every Tuesday and Friday, sometimes Wednesday if I'm not feeling exhausted. And yeah, we have a bunch of merch right now. We got a new pin out with Wald and we got some new shirts and I'm planning on making a book soon, which is going to be interesting. Not for a while, but that's on the, it's on the, the back burner. And yeah, be kind to one another. We're all going through a lot right now. <laughs> be patient. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. It was really wonderful to talk to you and get to know you a little bit. And hopefully we can meet up in the park sometime. And Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. I would love that. Sit on street in Cars Land and have a Ugh. chili con carne. Uh-huh. Yeah, we could all do the all do all do the canoes. Yes. Perfect. Right. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.